Welcome to the Virtual Chapter Podcast, the show that helps you become a world-class virtual CEO, run a profitable and scalable online business, and build a thriving virtual team. We're talking the systems, strategies, and leadership skills that will help you show up, sell out, and do it all with a mountain of ease. Each week, we'll be breaking down the operation side of online business in a way that feels fun and inspiring. We'll share tech tools and tips, systems to streamline and scale, secrets to hiring and leading your high-performing team, and interviews with leading business experts to show you what it really takes to build your business online. I'm your host, Nivek Harrison, CEO of The Virtual Chapter, an award-winning virtual support agency where we help leading coaches, consultants, and creatives build businesses bigger than themselves, create a global impact with a virtual team, and generate more cash than they ever knew possible. Are you ready to up-level your online business? Let's dive in. Metrics and data might not sound like the sexiest business topic, but trust me when I tell you they hold the keys to your business's growth and long-term success. The answers are almost always in your data. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the top three metrics that every business owner should be tracking, no matter where you are on your entrepreneurial journey. These are numbers that I think everybody should know pretty much off the top of their head or can get really quickly if they needed to. We're going to talk about conversion rates, retaining customers, maximizing lifetime value, and we're going to talk about the world of CSAT customer satisfaction. These three metrics combined are like a GPS system for your business, guiding you towards greater profitability, efficiency, and impact. Whether you are just starting out or whether you are scaling to seven figures and beyond, these metrics are your compass to navigate business growth. So let's dive right in. The first number I want to talk about is conversion rate. This is a number we should absolutely know about our business. And we're going to want to know multiple different conversion rates for different stages of our customer journey, essentially. So we would have a conversion rate for your lead magnets, for your freebies. If you run conversion events, masterclasses, webinars, live challenges, you should know the conversion rate for those all the way through to the conversion rate for your sales. And within sales, you might have multiple different conversion rates. You might have a conversion rate for the number of people who submit an application, who go on to purchase, a conversion rate from a sales page to purchase, or even a conversion rate for sales calls to purchase. Knowing all of these different sales rates, conversion rates, is really going to help you know where to focus your energy and effort to increase sales in your business. For example, earlier this year, I was doing this work with a client. We were building out a data dashboard so we could visualize this at a glance for a funnel we had recently launched. And we were looking at the initial data thinking, oh, our conversion rates look really low compared to the sales page views. We are not getting a lot of signups, but we're not sure where the breakdown is in the process. Her specific funnel was a landing page to an application form to a call to then purchasing a high ticket coaching program through diving into the data we were able to establish okay well of the call she got on 100% of them converted our sales call conversion rate was 100% that's a phenomenal statistic we don't have a problem there we could also see from the number of applications she received 80% went on to convert again an amazing number we don't have a problem there 
where we actually saw the breakdown once we started diving into the data was we were losing people once they clicked off the sales page to start the application form. At that point, we had a huge drop off. And so we knew we were getting great views to the sales page. We knew once people applied or got on a call, they converted to sales. We just needed to figure out the process in the middle. And this is the magic of data, right? Because without the data, it would have been easy to say we either just need more traffic to the landing page. That's why we haven't got enough sales or to maybe blame the sales calls. Maybe that's not converting. We start to look for answers, right? Not necessarily gathering information that shows us the reality. What we were able to see is, okay, well, if people are dropping off once they see the application form, how can we make the application form even simpler? Can we be really upfront and transparent about how long it's going to take? Can they see the questions before they have to go through and answer them? We, at the time, didn't have the analytics to go deeper and see, like, were they dropping off at the start? Were they dropping off partway through the application form? Because we weren't on the highest tier plan of the platform we were using that would have given us those analytics. But we had enough to know, like, that was the piece of the puzzle that we wanted to solve in order to increase the overall conversion rate. And this is why the numbers are so, so important. When we are not tracking numbers and we're not tracking conversion rates, it's so easy to create problems that don't exist. Oh, there's only 20 people who sign up for my lead magnet. That's not good enough. Well, actually, you had 20 out of 200 sign up. It's not a bad conversion rate. It's not great. We might want to do some work on the landing page, but it's not necessarily that the freebie is wrong, right? Or I only had X, I only had 2% of people turn up to my live masterclass. Okay, great. We have data now. We can make a decision. How do we incentivize people to show up live? Do we need to send more reminders? What do we actually need to do to solve the really specific problems in business? So if the first metric we want to track is our conversion rate, the second metric, okay, I'm being a little bit cheeky. I'm combining two metrics here. (laughs) They should probably be on their own, but for the sake of three metrics, we're going to combine these two is your retention rate and your lifetime customer value. So there have been a wealth of studies suggesting that depending on the industry or the niche that you're in, it can be up to five to seven times more expensive to gain a new client than it is to retain an existing client. And you probably know this to be true, right? We have to work a lot harder to gain a client for the first time. We have to warm them up. We have to nurture them. We have sales conversations. We might go back and forth. They might have objections. They might have questions, all of these things. It takes time and it can take money, whether that is money in team hours, ad spend, your own time. It takes quite a lot to acquire a new customer. Not that we shouldn't be aiming for that. We obviously always want to be driving in new customers because that's how we're going to grow. But I think one of the most underrated secrets to building monthly recurring revenue in your business, building stability in your business is retention. So if you have a heap of clients coming in and they do a six week program with you and then they never purchase anything else from you again, we have a business problem. Now, the problem could be a multitude of things when we need to dive a little bit deeper into what it could be, but we can identify that there's a problem here. In an ideal world, what we want is customers who come in and buy from us on repeat. Now, that might be they come in and they stay in a membership long term. It might be that they come in and they do an initial course and then go into a deeper program and then go into a mastermind and then go into one-to-one work. 
in my business model, obviously we're a retainer based agency. So our retention is based on how long clients stay with us. That is our primary focus in our operations is the retention of our existing clients. Knowing what your retention rate is, the percentage of your people who continue in the same program or move into a different program will change the game for how you focus in business and how quickly you can scale your business as well. Because if you are operating with a really strong retention rate of clients re-signing with you round after round after round of your program or coaching containers, business is going to feel very, very different to if you are having to go out every month and hustle to find those new clients, right? So what's your retention rate? And the number that goes along with that, and that's why I'm grouping these together, but is your lifetime customer value. What is a customer worth to you over the lifetime of the business? So this is the amount that they're going to spend with you on average once they become a customer. Again, it's really helpful to know this because it's going to help you make great decisions. So if you know that somebody might only spend $200 initially for a low to mid ticket program, but once they come in, you retain them and you expand them into other offerings and eventually their lifetime value is $10,000 per customer, you might be happy spending a little bit more on the front end. You might be happy having a slightly higher ad spend because we're looking at the longevity. We're looking at the lifetime of our business, not just the immediate returns. And again, if we're looking at this going, actually, our lifetime customer value is really low. On average, people aren't staying. They're doing one thing and they're disappearing. What do we need to change in our client delivery and our client management processes in the content, in the messaging, in the way we offer retention um, or continuation offers to clients? What has to change in that process to bring those numbers up? The final number is one of my favorites, and I think it's wildly underrated in the online business space, and that is CSAT, customer satisfaction. This is a survey question, essentially, to ask your audience, how satisfied are you with X program? Now, that could be anything. How satisfied are you with this course? How satisfied were you with this coaching program? How satisfied are you with your virtual assistant, with the membership? It can literally be anything. But the point here is that CSAP is a measure and it is almost a qualitative measure. It's not just a, a number that you pull out. It is self reported by your customers of how happy they are. It's a really good indicator of what your retention is going to be like down the road. So knowing what your CSAT is, is going to be so, so helpful to, again, making decisions about the programs that you run, how you run them, what's your delivery format, are people getting what they wanted out of the program or are they not? I think some of my best experiences working with my clients is when we do CSAT surveys, essentially partway through a program. So we might do a three question feedback survey halfway through a program that asks questions like, how satisfied are you with the program? Do you feel engaged with the program? Is there anything we could tweak or change or anything else you want to tell us? Gathering that information partway through the program versus waiting to the end. One, it gives us a measure. So we can get that CSAT number partway and we can compare it to the end result. And two, we can also make changes. And I think this is the key, right? 
all of the data is really just informing us of what we need to do in our business, what we need to focus on, what needs our attention. So if you have a really low CSAT score, so CSAT, essentially the question is how satisfied or how would you rate your overall satisfaction with this program, this product? And the customer would have a rating scale, usually between one and five, one being very dissatisfied through to five being very satisfied. So you get all of those scores and you can create a percentage result based on that. You would have a goal around it. So maybe you're aiming for your CSAT to be 90% or higher. And that's not unreasonable. I know it feels like a really high number, but in small online coaching or course-based businesses, that there's nothing stopping you from getting that number. It's very different to, say, a McDonald's targeting a CSAT score that is dealing with a huge volume of a very low ticket item. Their CSAT's going to be very, very different. But you have a goal for it, you measure it, and then you can track your performance against it. Now, you could set this up in a survey. This could just be an email. You could put this as a poll in your Slack communities. Essentially, the idea is you just want to gather this information. So again, you can make great decisions that are going to inform your next steps in business. So for example, you might have great CSAT scores on a course that you were thinking about decommissioning. And you look at that and go, well, people really like this program. And it has a great impact on our retention rate. People who do this program continue into other programs or upgrade into other programs. I'm feeling maybe a little bit disenchanted by it right now. How do I then balance what I want to do, what I need to do, the way that I want to show up, and the fact that I know this is a program that's working for my audience right now? Maybe you want to switch it over to an evergreen offer so you are not having to teach components live. Maybe you're going to remove a service component. Maybe you're going to add a service component in. Maybe the reason you're feeling disconnected from the offer is because it's a self-paced course. You're not heavily involved in it week to week. And so you're feeling a disconnect with your customers, but they're still getting good results. Maybe you want to insert yourself into the process a little bit more. Essentially, the point of data and metrics is information gathering to inform decisions. Now, this doesn't mean we can't ever ever rely on our intuition to make decisions. I think the most magical meeting point in business when it comes to decision making is when metrics meets intuition. There's something really, really special when we get to bring both. And the thing that I've also seen to be true over and over again is that for most people, especially if you've been in business for an extended period of time, the data is very unlikely to surprise you. It's likely to validate you. So maybe you are feeling like a launch or a funnel isn't performing as well as you would have hoped. And while it's a gut feeling, when you look at the data, maybe it turns out to be true, right? Like we're validating what we already know and it's helping us go a layer deeper to problem solve versus making a decision based purely on how we're feeling on any given day, which we know can vary wildly and has a wealth of external influencing factors, right? So these are the three things that I would commit to measuring regularly in your business for each of your offerings, for each of your funnels, whatever that looks like for you, knowing your conversion rate, your retention rate and lifetime customer value and your CSAT scores are going to be the biggest game changer to growing your business, scaling in a really big way and knowing exactly where you need to focus time and energy for results. 
I hope this episode has been helpful. If you have gotten value from this, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me know what you're loving. It helps us get in front of even more people and create even more incredible virtual CEOs. I will see you again next time. Bye.